0: God has been so grateful to give me those glimpses of, you know, the farther vision. And I'm just like, don't stop. Like I want to stand at the finish line and cheer everyone on and just say, don't stop. There were so many days where there, like I said, there were more tears than there weren't. There were so many days where I was like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And now that I am standing at the finish line, I am just so grateful that the Lord kept me going. I'm so grateful.
1: You are listening to the Look Up Collective podcast, a podcast where we help you thrive in your home and business. We are your coaches, Chris, Elizabeth, and Wynn. And if you are looking for simple, actionable, encouraging conversations to help you be rooted in what matters so you can look up and serve others, you are in the right place. Let's dive in.
2: Hey, everyone. We are so excited. Today we have... Laura James here with us. And I've been telling Elizabeth and Laura, I've got to push record because she just basically coached us so, so good. And so I know, my goodness, whether you're a homeschool mom or not, whether you're considering homeschooling or not, you are going to benefit from this episode. Mm -hmm. Just from the few minutes we've already been able to spend with Laura, just, oh man. The richness
1: and the wisdom. Like she has just been a bomb to my soul and it's been like five minutes. So buckle up guys. It's going to be good. You want to listen. So lean in and let it just like wash over you.
2: Yeah. So Laura, if you would just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and then how did you get involved with homeschooling? What was y'all's journey towards that?
0: Yes. Thank y'all so much for having me. This is like A dream for me. So this is so fun. I am Laura James. We have five kiddos. I married my high school sweetheart and we have five kids and I will have, which is crazy what we were just talking about. I will have a senior in high school, a junior in high school, an eighth grader, a sixth grader, and a third grader. So I have every year, this is our 13th year to homeschool, which is crazy. I feel like that's like half of my life. And it all started for us. Like I was public school all the way and loved my education. It was great, but we were drowning in babies. I had four kids under five and it was time for Grace to go to kindergarten. And she had a pacifier and a blankie and still took naps. And I had all these babies and the thought of making a lunch every single day and like getting up and getting out of the house. I was like, I just, I can't do this right now. So I was like, for one year, I'm going to keep her home. It's kindergarten. I can't mess up kindergarten. I'll keep her home and then we'll do what we need to do next. And then the next thing I knew, I was like, this is so fun. I got to see her learn her numbers and her colors. And I was like, I love this. And then, so there, my first two are 15 months apart. So like next year I had another one going to kindergarten and I was like, well, I can't do that to him. He deserves to be home. And so then we just never looked back. We have always said year by year, which I think is so mm-hmm. wise, but God has been so incredibly faithful and good to just. Honestly, keep me putting one foot in front of the other. I feel like I can't look too far in the future. I just have to go today. God, you're going to have to just show up. And he always, he's so faithful to do that. And so it has been the joy. I tell, so my daughter is going to be a senior and I keep telling her, it has been the joy of my life to do this with you for 13 years. Like Mm. 13 years, the time and the memories and the conversations and the laughs and the struggles and all of it. I am so excited to propel her into the next season. And I'm not sad. I'm sad because I'm going to miss her. And she's just right when they become your really great friends, they leave you. But I am so grateful for the time. And I don't regret a second of it. I can't believe it. I can't even imagine her not being in our house, but I am just so excited. It has been such a gift. I feel so honored that the Lord has called me to it and just sustained me in it.
1: Yes. And I bet you feel so proud too. Just like this overwhelming sense of pride of like, just pouring into her all these years that you've been her teacher.
0: Like what a gift.
2: Like you said, it's been a gift to you, but I'm sure like it's been such a gift to your children as well. I
0: mean, in all honesty, it is interesting. There have been years where she has been like, please, I want to do something different. And we have always said, We will take it year by year. We will. And anytime she has come to me, every time I have said, all I ask of you is that you would trust that I am seeking the Lord in all things. And so thank you for bringing that to me. Please pray about that too, because if it is the Lord, I want to be exactly where the Lord wants to be. And I feel like every time he has brought us back, he has allowed us to keep moving forward. And now at the end, I'm just like, it's just, it is a gift. I can't, as you wrap it all up and you put the bow on it, I'm so grateful.
2: So because you've been able to do this for so long, you have a lot of experience, right? You've seen the highs, the lows, the different seasons. And because of that, you help, you coach people, right? You help Mm -hmm. people and you help moms like you helped us, like you were already (laughs) coaching us. It, It just comes so naturally to you. And so through looking at some of your things, the school system usually breaks the year down in halves, right? So you have a first semester, second semester, but I think you really break them up into fours. Is that right? Yeah, quarters. Like, how, quarters. How do you divide the? Tell us about that. Yeah, and tell like... us
1: more about quarters because that has been such a new thing for me. And I love how you teach and how you coach about it. And so tell us more because I know it will be so encouraging to so many moms.
0: Yes. I have done so many things wrong that it has showed me that, oh my gosh, there is a better way to do this. So I have a very high capacity for stress. So I think for so many years, I was able to just muster through that. Mm -hmm. I can just handle it. I can handle it. When my youngest started kindergarten, I had all five in school. That was my breaking point. I was like, this is too much. I don't even know. I don't have any idea what we're doing. And so in that time, I had read the 12-week year. I started hearing all about quarters. And I was like, "This, this literally makes so much sense to my brain. Why in the world would I not start applying this to homeschooling? And so I think the biggest pain point and struggle with people when I talk to them about homeschooling is when they're like, what do I choose? What curriculum do I choose? Mm -hmm. It's extremely hard to pick something for nine months. I don't know what I'm doing nine months from now. I don't know where we're going to be. And then I feel like there's so much pressure to get it right the first time. And then you're just, you're going, I have to pick every field trip and all the things. Like you feel like you have to do it all right now in the beginning of the school year when you're fired up and excited and That worked for a little while, but what I have found over and over is nine weeks, 10 weeks in, you're like, that's not working. This is not working. What do I do now? And so in order to allow myself to take some of that pressure off, I was like, why would I not make all the decisions for just 12 weeks? Why would I not just say, look at my calendar? So for us, for example... The first quarter is extremely busy. My kids play volleyball and basketball. It's all front loaded in that first couple, Mm -hmm. first two quarters. And so that's going to be the time. And as we go through more quarters, like that's not when I'm going to have the field trips. That's not when I'm going to have all the extras. I'm going to wait until the next quarter. And so for me, instead, I also like to try to do as much as I can. And so when I couldn't fit something in, I would get really disappointed and be like, man, this is not what I wanted. I want to be able to do the field trip. I want to be able to do the fun thing. And so for me, when I say, when I look at my quarter and I go, it's just a not this quarter, it could absolutely be next quarter, but this quarter, it just doesn't work. And so I don't feel bad. I don't feel guilty. I just feel like, yeah, that's just a fact. It's not going to work in this quarter. And so it just allows my brain to, I think, relax a little. I don't feel so much pressure. I also think the most underrated thing that people do in homeschooling is they do not evaluate. And so I think just like in a business, you're not people do, but it's not necessarily wise to only year end evaluate because you've had 12 months where you could have pivoted or changed. And so to give yourself that permission, for me, it's about 10 weeks after 10 weeks to look back and go, what worked? What didn't work? What would I change? What would I add? What do I need to do differently? I feel like so much pressure and so much anxiety and anxiousness, because it's just like, you just tell your brain that we're going to evaluate and pivot. And then you're like, okay, we just do it. It's just not all the emotions around it. And so that has been literally the most, I think dividing into quarters and working through some of the things I do each quarter, I think has been the most pivotal thing in my homeschooling that has allowed me to really push through to the end and get all the way to that senior year.
2: Yeah, can you tell me of a time like over the 13 years that maybe you did do that pivot and what was the result of it? Maybe something wasn't working and then you did pivot.
0: Yeah, so so many times. What the the most recent time I think is my daughter. He, each kid is so different. What works for one kid doesn't necessarily work for another kid. And I have a few kids that are really math-brained and a few kids that just are not math-brained. And so my one daughter, she was doing what we've done with all the rest and we were doing because it worked for them. And so we were doing math and we were doing math and I The last quarter, I actually was like, this is not working for her. This is just, she needs a slower pace. She needs to really dive deep. And so from third to fourth quarter last year, like, okay, so 75% of the way through, I was like, we're starting something different. And while that could be like overwhelming and there was probably a lot of emotions around that, I really just focused on what is best for her and what's going to set her up for success. So we switched completely. I had a really great conversation with her. I challenged her. I basically told her, I said, we're going to start a new program and it's going to take you into the summer. And I know that stinks and I'm sorry for that, but I really think it will be beneficial. And then I tried to give her, like I threw her a carrot and I tried to make sure that she knew it wasn't her. It's not her, it's just what works for you. And so I said, you know, if you finish this by the next year, like over the summer before we start the next one. So we basically repeated a whole new curriculum. I'll give you a hundred dollars cash. And she was like done. No, <laughs> she didn't even, that might have well been a billion dollars to her. And so she has worked so hard. So she did it this morning. She's done three lessons a day, almost every day this summer. She's about to finish. So she'll get like a month and a half off. I'm just so proud of her because she didn't make it say anything about her. She just was like, okay, this is, this works for her. So I am so grateful that I did it, even though it didn't make sense. We should have by some standards, we should have just finished out the last quarter and just finished the program. I knew it wasn't what was going to set her up for success. And so I am always like, I'm proud of new, healthy Laura looked at that and just let it be what it was. And didn't, I didn't say I was a failure. She wasn't a failure. There was nothing more than just this wasn't working, but I wouldn't have gotten there if I wouldn't have been evaluating all the way through. Mm. I would have just pushed through and then been like, Oh no. And I just think, there's so much power in evaluating your homeschool, but I do think of getting to evaluate four times a year versus one time a year is, I, I think that is where the magic is.
1: Yes. It's like truly so wise and like beautiful to be able to lean in and listen to your gut and intuition through evaluation and just trusting that you know what's best for that child because you are the one spending the time with them and knowing, okay, this isn't working, but that's not a problem. It's not a problem that it's not working. It's just, we just need to try something different and that's okay. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah.
2: When you're able to look at quarter by quarter, child by child, then you're really flexing one of the yes. strengths that homeschool provides, right? It's like that really customized thing of this, yeah. Yeah, this worked for all the other kids, but it just didn't for you. And that's okay. Right. And so, and
1: what a that's gift where, to that child, yeah. mm-hmm. like to be able so that she doesn't stay frustrated,
0: that it's yeah. not working. He was frustrated. I was frustrated. Oh, this is just, this is not working. And I think, so in my personality, which, and y'all talk about a lot too, which I think is so wise, I would rather front load work. I would rather do the research, do the planning front and then enjoy the quarter, and so I try to do that as well too. I could talk about quarters all day. I love when people come to me and they're like, "Help me! I want." Everyone's first question is, "What curriculum do I buy? What curriculum do I buy?" And I'm like, "That is an awesome place to get. We are not quite there yet. There's some more heart work and brain work. I think if you really want to have an intentional homeschooling year, than just picking out the curriculum.
1: We did something similar with our summer bucket list, leading everyone into summer. And now we get to do the exact same thing leading into the new school year. But something that you're doing is asking yourself, "What are the words that you want to feel like? How do you want to feel this quarter?" And that's what we did with the summer bucket list. Like, how do you want your summer to feel? And then it guides you on like how that actually practically plays out in your quarter. Because if you want it to feel fun or joyful or thoughtful or intentional you're going to pick certain things like certain curriculums you're going to do certain activities like you said you decide it in the beginning of the first quarter you don't do a lot of field trips and extra things because you don't want it to feel a certain way right but leaning into how you want to feel is so powerful and i love that you're talking about that right now even in your stories and in, in reels that you're sharing That's the first step is deciding how do you want to feel this quarter? And like, if you start there, it can literally inform and guide all the other decisions. You want to talk more about that or share even what your
0: three words are for this quarter coming up? Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is by Dave Ramsey and he's using it in the context of financial, but a river without boundaries is a swamp and it's all about vision. And I think yes. it applies to every part of our life. So if you just jump into it and buy curriculum and get going, which is what I did, it's what I did for years mm-hmm. and years, you can yes. went, muster through and you can do it and you can do it. But I sat back and I was really convicted about really wanting an intentional homeschool. I didn't want to wake up and feel like I had to just fly by the seat of my pants and hope that we ended mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know where we were going to end. And like you always yes. say, reverse engineer it backwards that just really resonated so much and so just like you said you have to start with where you want to go and so part of that for me is i just love hearing people talk about how they want their homeschool to feel i think that's the best place to start what do you want it to feel like not look like that i don't even think what it looks like is where you start first what do you want it to feel mm-hmm. like do you want it to feel peaceful do you want it to feel restful do you want it to feel full like any of those words but I don't think as moms, when we're homeschooling, we're wearing so many hats, we're just doing so much. It's a whole lot. We don't always give ourselves the time to just sit and ask ourselves what we really want. We often get overwhelmed with what we were talking about earlier. Like what is the world telling us we have to do? We have to get all these things. We have to make sure they can do this and this. And we don't ask ourselves, what do we want? And so it makes sense that we get overwhelmed and exhausted and burnout. But I think first and foremost, if you can start with what you want it to feel like, and I always say pick three words. I think that's just a great number. So for example, my words for this year, and, and also this is the best part. You get to pick three new words each quarter. That's like so freeing to me. Like don't tie me down. Don't put me in a box. Don't put me in a box the whole year because I don't know what I'm going to feel nine months from now. But right now in this quarter, so what I always do, and I think, I just, am super practical, I grab my calendar, I grab my calendar on my phone, and I look at the season, I look what's on the calendar, and then I look at like our curriculum, or I look at what I, where I think I want to go, and then I decide my words from there. So for this season, we have a varsity volleyball player, a middle school volleyball player, and then I have two basketball players. So it is a very full season. So the three words for our first quarter are present, joyful, and fun. And then I always tell people, you have to define those words for yourself, because Mm -hmm. It's not going to be these three words could mean something totally different to you. But for me, present in this quarter is I am looking to soak up every single last with my oldest, not in a sad way, in the most joyful way ever. I cannot wait to soak it all in. So I want to be so present. I don't want to be distracted. I want to be watching her play volleyball like for the very first time. And so that's really important to me. And then joyful. I want it to be joyful because I want, I don't want to, I don't want to, I will grieve this season. There's an ending to a chapter. And so I think we should feel that, but I want to be so joyful and so grateful for the time the Lord has given me with our oldest, that I can just smile and and walk through this closing of a chapter with grace and just looking forward and just knowing that God has been so faithful and good. Um, And then fun because I'm naturally really boring. So if I don't plan fun and if I don't look for fun, then I'm not going to do the fun. So fun is typically always a word Um, for so many years. And don't do this. If you're a homeschool mom, don't be like me. Learn from me. For so many years, all the simple activities that they would give you, like color this rainbow or do whatever, I never did them. I was always like, no, that's lame, lame. And now I'm like, probably the times that I've done them, that has been my kids' absolute favorite things that they've ever done. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I like look for the fun. I look for ways. How can we do this outside? How can we do this from somewhere other than the table? So for me, when I take those three words, and then I think the magic is you literally filter every one of those decisions that you have through those words. So for me, like present, I got asked to do like a Bible study or something. It's just a no for right now, because I want to be present watching my daughter. There was a curriculum that I have loved and used for years. I ended up switching because it wasn't as open and go as I wanted it to be. And so I ended up creating my own because I want to be present. I don't want any distractions. And so I'm going to filter all my homeschooling decisions, our schedule, our curriculum, our routines, our rhythms, all through those three words. And it makes it so much easier because you've already decided. You've already decided what matters to you. And so then if it doesn't fit in there, don't do it. Like just... It's so easy. And I love, again, it's in the quarter. So just because I say no now doesn't mean next quarter, my words may be different. And so then I may filter those decisions through the different words and say, yes. So I just think there's so much peace in knowing it's 10 weeks. I can do anything for 10 weeks and I'm just going to walk this way. I also think another really important thing is getting people to, dream. I'll talk about this all the time. I did not do this for so long, and. I think homeschooling should be joyful. I think it should be life giving. And there are so many parts of it that are hard. So I don't want to diminish that at all because the day-to-day there is a grind that is a grind. I do think having people, so once they decide their three words, not only curriculum, but also like figure out what would be an ideal day for you. What would, if you could take away all the thoughts or things that hold you back in your mind, if you just wrote out your ideal homeschool day, what would it look like? Just start there, like give yourself some sort of dream, even if there's no way that it could even happen start there. And what would a schedule look like from you? And then again, filter your decisions through that. What would I need to add to get there? Or I think this is another really important question is what would I just need to take away? Am I doing too much? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just think there's so much value in giving yourself the opportunity to ask, what do you actually want? What does matter to you? And then make decisions that fit in that. I think we can just get steamrolled or caught up in the whole system of it all that we just wake up three months in homeschooling. And we're like, I don't even know what happened. Um, so I think yeah, anything you can do beforehand and decide just like in meal planning, just like in the rhythms that y'all talk about, all the time, anything you can do to front load or pre-decide will only benefit you when you're tired. And when you are kind of like, just like, what am I doing here? So I just think starting with three words is a really great place to start.
1: Yes. You're speaking my language because every homeschool mom needs to hear that of like just allowing themselves to ask what do they really want. That's such a powerful question. I literally just coached a mom just like last week on this. She's homeschooling for the first like full-time homeschooling, not a hybrid, not, and she was feeling very overwhelmed and literally asked her those exact questions. How do you want Homeschooling to feel? How do you want your days to feel? And so often we think our feelings are not important, or that like we just have to, like you said, bulldoze right through it and just muster up the strength. But we also don't, a lot of us weren't taught that our feelings come from our thoughts. And so it's truly how we think about it that we can generate those feelings, starting with how do we want to feel is going to help us know, okay, this is how I need to think about it. If I want to feel a certain way about it, if we're feel, if we're thinking all of these like really painful thoughts about us as moms or painful thoughts about homeschooling, are we enough? Can we do this? Just a lot of thoughts that really creates feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, unworthiness. It's going to affect how we show up. We're going to show up to homeschooling in a much different way. But when we realize, oh my gosh, I actually have power in how I feel about this. Is every day going to feel like rainbows and sunshines? No, but we actually rob ourselves of so much joy and delight of how we want to feel, thinking that we can't generate any feelings, that we're at the whim of, we're only gonna feel what comes up that day. But we actually have the power to feel how we want to feel. And it's going to come from our thoughts. So just creating three words are really that predeciding how we want to think, right? How we want to feel. It's so, so powerful.
2: Yeah. And I love what you brought about the, the idea of the filter. So mm. a lot of times we think, yes, like the filter chooses what is going to be in my life and what I say yes to, but it- It's just as powerful on what we say no to. So the visual of, think right now. So if you're listening, think right now literally of a mesh, like a mesh cloth, okay? And the only thing Laura's letting through on her homeschooling journey is present, joyful, and fun. If it's not that, it doesn't go through the, that mesh, right? It just sits on top and, and it's a no, right? It, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just a no right now. And so I think that's just such a great visual with anything in life. If it's the things that are important to us, because we all have the same amount of time every single day. We have mm-hmm. the same amount of energy, same amount, maybe some energy more than others, but the same amount of attention, right? And so we think that we just want to add, but in reality, we have to say no and delete some things Mm -hmm. in order to add those things. Right. And so that visual just like the filter. If it's this, it gets through. If it's not, it doesn't. And that's okay because I'm, I like my reasons. I've already pre-decided this is what it is.
0: Literally take that into, so like take that to your curriculum. So like I was saying, like open and go, like that's going to be a huge priority for me, but there are some people I have really good friends who love, the in-depth, long lesson. They love teaching it. They love the manipulative. They love the whole experience of that. And so they're going to run with that and do that because that matters most to them in this season. Yes. So I always try to encourage people so much. There's no wrong answer. There's no there's no right answer either. There's no perfect curriculum. You know, yeah, there's so many things that could be great. And so when people message me like, what do I pick for my third year, for my third grader? I'm, I wrote it back to them like, what matters to you i don't know i can't tell you i could tell you what has worked for me right now but there's no wrong answer and like we were talking about earlier before we started recording like we just put so much pressure on ourselves to make sure we do it exactly right and we don't mess up and we give them everything possible and like that's awesome and that's such a great that's such a great mission or goal and of course we want to give the best and i always try to say i'm laying out a feast And I just want them to take and pick what the Lord has, you know, what they love. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to teach them everything. And there's going to be gaps in their education, just like there were in mine. And I was a public school, just like there were in any single education. They cannot learn every possible thing that's ever meant to learn. But if you focus on teaching them how to learn, if you focus on teaching them how to ask good questions, they can learn anything for the rest of their life. You're setting up lifelong learners instead of just what I did, which was study for a test, pass it, and move on and take it out. I want my kids to constantly be curious. I want them to be asking questions about everything. I want them to hear anything Anything someone says to them, I want them to have a question for it. Like, well, can you explain that? Could you define that? What does that mean to you? I want them to be so curious about the world around them that they're literally learning without even knowing they're learning. And then, like I told you earlier, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was a sweet friend told me, you do the best you can and you pray that the Lord fills in the gaps. And that's really just life in general, right? Parenting, marriage, like we do the best we can and we trust that the Lord is good and sovereign and faithful and he's going to get our kids exactly where they need to be. I just, I hate the pressure. I know it. And so I hate it when I hate that for homeschool moms. i also know that that stops a lot of people from homeschooling because they just feel the weight. It's a very, it's a heavy weight, but I do feel like there's freedom. There's just freedom. He doesn't want you to carry that. And you don't have to carry all of it. Like So much is just his, it's his plan. And he's writing your kid's story. And it may not look exactly like you thought it would, but he's writing their story and it's going to be good. And so we get to celebrate the wins and we also don't have to take credit for all the losses either. It's like letting ourselves
1: off the hook with not having to feel so much pressure that it all like rides or dies on us. You know, it's hard not to do that when we are the teachers. And like, we can look back on our education and we're like, oh, I didn't learn everything, but it was like a bunch of different teachers and it's easier to (laughs)
2: spread the blame across a whole bunch of people. Uh, Right. But It's so (laughs)
1: true. It's so true. That was such a bomb to my soul. When you said just how there's always going to be gaps in education, all of us, like the things I'm teaching my kids, like I am relearning because I didn't remember it But it's the skill and the art of learning that we can teach them and impute in them that they're going to be ready for whatever's in front of them when we teach them how to learn. They will be equipped and empowered, just like you said, to ask good questions, to know how to dive in and to learn whatever's in front of them. And that is the gift. That is the gift of learning.
2: Yeah, it is. And so Laura, so let's say you're coaching a brand new homeschool mom, okay? She she's got her three words picked out. She's moving towards homeschooling this year. What's one rhythm that you would encourage her to do right from the beginning? Like she's not going to be perfect right from the beginning, but if she had to pick
0: Yeah, I think I would say you just have to start somewhere. Like you just have to trust yourself to make a few decisions. I always say start really small. Pick a math and a reading that you love or that you think you're going to love, or that sounds like it fits into your filter and just start and see how it goes and give yourself permission to evaluate, like give yourself permission to go, this is great, or this is not great. And so I just think constantly evaluating and also just starting, just doing it. And another thing is there's so much out there, like really try to just focus on what you're doing and trust yourself because you can always look to the left or to the right and see someone doing something really cool over here or doing it differently over here. And you're like, well, I'm, just, I'm out. I'm going to jump and do they're doing it right. But I think for being a 13-year homeschooling mom, as opposed to what I would say to my first-year homeschooling mom, is you can trust yourself. Like Trust yourself for this year yeah. and know that God is going to grow that in you each year. And you're going to learn to trust yourself more because first year homeschooling Laura was a disaster. I wish it was a mess. I, I think I made Grace cry more than we laughed, like more than we did anything. I just, I was so nervous to mess it up that I probably did mess it up instead of just trusting that. Wow. What a great, what a gift this time is. And I'm just going to trust the Lord's going to show up tomorrow. And then he's going to show up the next day. And he's going to lead me where he wants yeah. me to go. And believe it, Yeah, that nothing has gone wrong and everything's rigged in our favor.
1: Like it's all going to work out. Everything's going to work out for us if we have that posture of just wanting to show up and lead our kids.
2: We can 100% relate to the crying thing. We had some friends who was just following our journey and just checking in with me from time to time. And then they were asking me how homeschooling was going. And I was like, I think we had one day where someone didn't cry this week. So that's a win. <laughs> that was a win. So that was like the what's up because usually every day someone yeah. was crying. But you get past that part mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're still sprinkled in tears and things like that.
1: If you're a first time homeschooler, just continuing to, like you said, filter through those words, like mm-hmm. those are your parameters, right? So you don't have to look to the left and to the right. You can be like, oh, is this fit into being present? Joyful, intentional, fun. Okay, that doesn't. So I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to stay focused in where I am going.
2: You obviously are passionate about what you do and you're really great at it because of the experience and just the energy that you bring to it, right? So what would you say is the most rewarding thing about helping homeschool moms find their rhythm?
0: I think helping other moms see that they are capable and that it's, it's for sure a calling, like it's not for everybody. And I think for me, when I hear, when I have conversations with moms who want to and don't because they're afraid, that's heartbreaking to me. And so when I get to talk to a mom who is exactly where I was my first year, nervous and not sure what to do, And you get to watch them begin to trust themselves and begin to go, I think I can do this and move into it. I had one client that I coached and she, we walked him through all these things. She was about to quit. And then she was in all these different co-ops and we were just talking about what really mattered to her. And in the middle of the week, she texted me and she like out of the blue made all these choices. She was like, I got out of this. I did this. I filtered everything through these words and I have this whole plan. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, you were about to quit. You were about to walk away. There's literally nothing magical, but what I had to say, it was just helping them walk through thought, fears, giving them a safe place to just say, I'm really scared. That is so great. And I love what y'all always say. Like a journey that I've been on in my whole life is giving myself compassion. Like that does not come naturally to me. I will give everyone else compassion before I would give myself compassion, but to be able to say, of course you're nervous, you're doing something you've never done before, or you're doing a grade you've never done before, or anything like that, like of course you would feel that way. But let's move forward anyways. That's the neatest part about social media is just having these conversations with people that I would never run into in my whole life. but getting to encourage them in ways um, that keep them going. Like I said, because I'm at the end, I'm, I'm crossing the finish line with my oldest. I see so much fruit. I see so much beauty that you sometimes can't see when you're right in the middle of it. And it's like your hand is right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. God has been so grateful to give me those glimpses of you know the farther vision. And I'm just like, don't stop. Like I want to stand at the finish line and cheer everyone on and just say, don't stop. There were so many days where there, like I said, there were more tears than there weren't. There were so many days where I was like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And now that I am standing at the finish line, I am just so grateful that the Lord kept me going. I'm so grateful. I also think in my opinion, You have to do it with community rally with other homeschool families. Like I can't imagine doing it alone because there are days, there are friends that I have that know like that I'm going to call and say, please remind me why I do this. This is, this is dumb. What are we doing here? And they know to bring me back and they know to tell me, man, stay the course, keep going. We're in this together. You're not alone. Like community is huge. And when you're doing something a little different, when you're swimming upstream I just think you have to have community, you have to be reminded of what you're doing. But there is just nothing like getting to cheer other moms on. It is so fun. I could just talk about it all day. I love it.
2: So I know there's a lot of moms listening right now who they're like, I want her to cheer me on. And yes. so what's the best way for people to connect with you?
0: Yeah, mainly on my Instagram, which is Laura K. James. I do have a couple of resources. I haven't been coaching this summer because I've been trying to be present and just soak up all the things. So I'm not sure what that will look like quite yet this year, but for sure Instagram. So basically everything we walked through in that quarter, I have a quarterly bundle that basically walks you through that whole thing. It has a sheet for every single step as instructions. It has everything. So that's a really great place to start. I also just absolutely love connecting with you on DM. So please go find me on Instagram, message me. I love talking. I love voice messaging people. Um, I want to hear your voice. I want you to hear my voice, but just giving people encouragement and helping. There's a lot of reels, a lot of highlights, things you can look through, but definitely over on Instagram is the best place.
2: So we'll put all that in the show notes, Laura, you can follow her on Instagram and then an Instagram, it'll launch you out into the beautiful ecosystem that, that she has built. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's the the quarterly things and, and just being able to reach out to her and please follow her
1: because you will be so encouraged on your homeschool journey daily. Just meet someone meeting you right where you are with empathy and grace and compassion. And like she said, cheering you on your journey helping you clarify what matters to you, because that is the most important in you learning how to trust yourself and just be confident in the mom who God created you to be, that you are more than capable and worthy of teaching your children and leading them to the things that matter to you in this specific season. Thank you so much, Laura. That was truly incredible. We just appreciate your time, your willingness to just love on other moms who feel the overwhelm or feel the like shakiness of, do I have what it takes? Can I do this? And just knowing and being able to practice that thought really that comes to mind is I've got this because he's got me. Mm -hmm. And what a powerful thought for moms to practice walking into a whole new quarter, a whole new school year of I've got this because he's got me and he's sovereign. And just like you said, laced through all of this whole episode is that he is going to fill in the gaps, take the pressure off. You're off the hook. You don't have to carry all of the weight yourself that his burden is light. And this school year can be light. It can be fun. It can be present if you choose that. And again, we can't thank you enough. We're so excited for everyone to hear this episode and get to know you more and to learn from you.
2: And for those of you listening, we know it was helpful to you. So if you have a mom friend that, that needs to hear this. So just go ahead and grab the link. It's on the top right corner. Copy link, send it to her or post the, the picture of this episode on your Instagram There's moms that need to hear this message that that Laura put out out there. Let's spread a
1: massive dose of encouragement to all the homeschool moms out there. So, everyone, keep looking for the good, it's always there.